We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 494 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Jim Hilton, and with the Liga starting this weekend, instead of a Barcelona predictions and preview, which will likely come once the transfer window is done, even though the games will have started, instead, I thought it would be a better idea to discuss our Liga opponents. Go over some of the predictions here, go over some of the predictions there, and get excited for the domestic campaign that way. So I'll try to be as concise as possible, and we'll go in order of last year's league table finish. Not to beat a dead horse, but as long as I stick to this format, if you are watching, which means you are enjoying the extra graphics that I've made, please subscribe so I keep doing it that way. If you don't, maybe I won't. And if you're just listening, I appreciate you. That probably helps me out even more. All right, with that done, let's dive in. Barcelona, starting with, of course, FC Barcelona. And since you don't need any previewing, I'll just say that looking at all the teams, aside from the looming shadow of Kylian Mbappe, the things that could still change for Barca are probably more impactful for them than almost any other moves that any team could make. Vida Roque is probably still not coming, but also maybe he is if Ansu is leaving. Then there's the right-back spot. If it's Cancelo, I can see Koundé and Araujo becoming your Gala 11 starters with Christensen rotating. If it's Fresneda or Ana Martinez, Koundé might just be the starter there still. Or is Araujo, as the preseason indicated, going to start more games at right back this season? That's probably not the wisest thing for Xavi, and I don't think that's the way he sees his best version of his team. But I think people jumping to conclusions that Barcelona are trying to go out and get their starting right back are probably jumping the gun a little bit if it's not Cancelo. Those are some huge questions left to answer, and why I'm not doing my season predictions by the numbers yet. Barca should still finish in the top two. Anything less will be a disappointment with this squad. Two, Real Madrid. Pundits are picking them as favorites to answer the call that they didn't answer last season, but that's without Mbappe, and that was before Thibaut Courtois went down. Awful news, and you never want to see that even for a rival, but watching the preseason matchup, they, even with Courtois, were still figuring out that attack through the middle and adjusting to the new formation. Jude Bellingham, star. Absolute star. And any fears that he would take time to adjust, like Chouamani has, won't be relevant. He is going to hit the ground running. So when they are running over teams this season, it will be spectacular with that midfield. Kamavinga and Bellingham and Chouamani, and you still have Modric and still have Cruz and Fede Valverde. There's just so many weapons in the middle of the park that when Real Madrid are running downhill at you, they are going to be hard to stop. But if there is no Mbappe and Vinny Jr. and Rodrigo taking turns up top, 
Madrid may drop some points to teams that get an early goal and gum things up after that. I do think Barcelona have a few more answers in the final third, believe it or not, than Real Madrid do. And maybe the difference is that there is no Kareem Benzema and there is a Robert Lewandowski. Three, Atletico Madrid. It feels like João Felix should matter to their title hopes, but he doesn't and won't, and he did go on loan to Chelsea last season. Instead, if Atleti is like their second half of last season, when they didn't have João Felix, and when they collected 43 points to Barca 38, it will easily be a three-team race. Antoine Griezmann was my pick for player of the season once he started actually starting, and all their signings could work out. Javi Gailan from Celta, Azpilicueta from Chelsea, Asunku from Leicester City all make a lot of sense for Diego Simeone. They have a ton up top to throw at the wall where you know you'll get something. Memphis, Angel Correa, and Alvaro Morata, plus Sergio Camejo. It doesn't seem like it, but there is enough goals in that strike force alongside Griezmann for them to contend for the Liga title this year, especially if they're going to defend the way we know they know how to defend under Simeone. Real Sociedad. After finishing fourth last season, Real Sociedad's biggest challenge will be playing both Champions League and contending in the Liga again. They usually start hot and then fall off a bit around the midway point, and a crash out of the Champions League could have the opposite effect this year. Losing David Silva to retirement is a blow, but keeping Zubamendi and getting a healthy Orzabal out of the gate are huge to La Real's chances. Takafusa Kubo had 9 and 9 last year, and that's actually fair again. He's still 22, and as you know I say, progress isn't always linear. If he can just be who he was last season, 9 goals, 9 assists for Kubo with a lot of dangerous opportunities, there is no reason for Real Sociedad to finish outside of the top 6. He may be 26 and have been around a few years, but I would still call Robin Lehnemann underrated. This may be his last season with that distinction and at Real Sociedad, especially if La Real do well in the Champions League. Villarreal. Sometimes the bravest thing a man can say is, I don't know. And that's kind of how I feel about Villarreal. They finished last season fifth, and I can't tell if all their transfer activity raises their ceiling or bottoms out their floor. Nicholas Jackson, Samuel Chiquezzi, and Pal Torres were all essential to the project last season. Alexander Sorloff, Ben Brereton Diaz, Santi Comansana, Denis Suarez, Ramon Terraz, and even Ilash Akomash are all players that I've liked in previous spots when things were working. Well, except for Ilias, of course, he's still in that prove-it phase of his career. He was never really, truly the goal scorer that Barcelona wanted him to be, and that's why they allowed him to go to Villarreal. But none of the names I mentioned, including Sorloff, has the high profile of the three exits that left the club. Yet, Villarreal may have just needed depth and could be fine at the top. Jeremy Pino is still 20 and could still be a star. Juan Foyth was a huge key for Villarreal, and a healthy Gerard Moreno would be the difference in the goal-scoring department. More consistency from Alex Benia, who was both fantastic and inconsistent last season, would solve many problems in the attack. And on that back line with Danny Parejo, Capu, and Coquelin's ability to protect them cold into question at times, Jorge Cuenca having a breakout season would be pretty helpful. For Real Betis, the vibes between Barcelona and Real Betis are going a bit too far now. Real Betis didn't also need to copy Barcelona's registration concerns and FFP worries. But like Barca, Real Betis has a reputation that allowed them to bring in players on tidy deals. Isco was being asked to replace Sergio Canales, which could happen. And Mark Bartra, Hector Bellerin, Chadi Wied, and Mark Roca are all players Kool-Aid should be familiar with. Manuel Pellegrini wins games. And I feel like we'll know within the first two months of the season if Betis can be a top four side or if they're going to be fighting for a Europa League spot. Anything less than six again for them is probably a disappointment. They also have Europa League to worry about, and a last 16 finish again would be another fair goal. So if you're Real Betis, I'm saying going in, Pellegrini, 
let's do exactly what we did last year. Yeah, maybe if we get a little bit better, but yeah, let's be happy with what we had last year. Osasuna, while Betis should look to repeat, Osasuna should have the goal of doing almost as well, considering they will be stretched a little farther this season with the Conference League happening. They're just fortunate to be in, what with that match-fixing case taking 10 years for UEFA to consider punishment. Making the Copa del Rey final and finishing 7th was incredible for the team from Navarre, and their transfer business, adding some defender depth in Johan Mojica and Alejandro Catenia, and just losing Abde, that shows a team that could use that stability to good effect. They are the true sum of their parts team in the league. David Garcia, Emar Arroz, John Mancayola, Moy Gomez, and Chimia Vila, that's probably their five best players. Maybe Anta Budimir or Catania now, but surviving the transfer window intact should at least yield a top 10 finish, and comfortably at that. Athletic Club. Athletic Club finished eighth, and I've been doing this long enough to get bitten by the idea of them too often. They will probably finish from 7th to 13th, you can almost set that in stone, and they will not get relegated. Inaki Williams scored eight goals to lead the line last season, which isn't enough for your primary scoring option. But it feels a bit too late for the 29-year-old to be anybody but that. The more distance between him and his time at Barcelona is helping people to appreciate him again in Spain, because Ernesto Valverde is a top 10 manager in Spain, maybe top 6. Ollán Sunset is 23, Nico Williams is 21, and Athletic Club's ceiling rests with those two. Their floor is all about the regulars. Unai Simón in net, Yeray Alvarez on the back line, Berenger on the wing, Munyan, of course, the captain, Iñaki, I already mentioned, no surprises here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen, or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's Piquet and Puyol, or Piquet and Mascherano, or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention, those are the things that I really value at this point. 
So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. For Mallorca, I feel smart for the belief I had in Mallorca last season. A ninth place finish did feel like a best case scenario for a team that I thought might be in the relegation battle, but I thought would stay up. So ninth place, yeah, that's great. If they had more talent, they would look even better with the ball. And maybe I shouldn't be overlooking all the investment that some overseas owners have been putting in. But since they are quite limited still, even with those investments in top-level talent, they're really good about making do with what they have, and that really was the nature of their success last season. At that place in the table, transfers are a risk for a reason. But all of Kyle Laren, Mane Morlanes, Sibe van der Heyden, Omar Mascarel, and Tony Lato, they could all be starters for Javier Aguirre. Losing Kang and Lee should hurt. But 22 million euros is a good number from PSG to reinforce the team properly. Ninth, again, is lofty, especially with how much they rely on 35-year-old Danny Rodriguez in the middle. But avoiding a relegation fight should be the expectation. Vedat Mariki probably won't hit 15 goals again, but if he can share the load with Laren, Mallorca will probably get enough goals to be flirting with the top half of the table again. Girona. People have heard how much I enjoyed Girona last season. Daily Blind, Artem Davbik, Angel Herrera, who returns Girona, and Pablo Torre, those are all fun transfers. But I do think Girona will miss Oro Romeo and Ramon Terraz, Tati Castellanos, and Rodrigo Riquelme. All four of those, maybe not so much Terraz, all played their roles to the letter. And because players played their roles so well, it felt like Girona played some of the most cohesive and pure football in Spain last season. If somebody takes Ana Martinez, it will make the job even harder. But I will say, holding on to Victor Zhigenkov and Alex Garcia will be more important. Obviously, I'll be watching for Pablo Torre, who is still just 20 and feels like old news at that high interior role with Fermin Lopez arriving to the first team and Noah Darvitz getting signed. But I don't forget what he was doing for Racing Santander. His ceiling is becoming to Girona what Kubo was for La Real last season. But I do think that's the very top of his ceiling this season, but still, something that Girona will hope will happen if they want to be in the top 10 again. Rayo Vallecano, the first team on this list that is expected to be considerably lower in the table this season than everybody else that I've already mentioned is Rayo Vallecano. Losing manager Anthony Areola is the kind of thing that gets you going from fighting for top half to getting relegated. Losing multiple starters and not really replacing them isn't great, but you also can't get in the way of Frank Garcia going back to Real Madrid and Camasena and Catania upgrading to Villarreal and Osasuna respectively. Easy Palazon is still around, as is Raul de Tomas and Alvaro Garcia, three veterans up top that can save them a few points. And the spiritual leader, Radamel Farcal, is also still around at 37 years young. It's just hard to see how this team isn't one of the bottom six teams in the league this season. 
unless Francisco Rodriguez, still a relatively young manager, knows more about this project than we do, because everything is working against him behind the scenes, and it could be a long, long year near the capital city. Sevilla, in the opposite direction, Sevilla won't finish 12th next season. At least they shouldn't, right? This team beat Manchester United to win the Europa League, and that was more recent than all the terrible results from the 2022 part of the 22-23 season. Last summer, that back line had been completely gutted, and that's not the case this season. Loic Bade is 23 and has a high ceiling and makes up for the loss of Rekic. Adding Jabril Sol from Frankfurt is a huge signing, and Lucas Acampos is back from his rough loan at Ajax. Monchi is gone from the front office. Jose Luis Mendilabar will take the attention off his team, and I do expect Sevilla to return to their 4th through 8th in the table form. Losing Ennisiri would structurally hurt the team, but he is still there at this moment. But his 18 goals in all competitions last season doesn't actually give proper credit to how many chances his big body up top helps create for this team. The old guard is still around too. Jesus Navas, Rakitic, Fernando, and Papo Gomez, but the names that you know from other teams are also still around. Rafa Mir, Oliver Torres, Juan Jordan, Oscar Rodriguez, Eric Lamella. You probably don't think of any of them with Sevilla, but you go where your career takes you, and this group is hoping that they can take themselves back up the table. On to Celta de Vigo. Celta de Vigo is always interesting to me, and one of those teams that I make an effort to watch. When they are good, they play enjoyable football, and they do it with their own flair and a Galician touch. But when they are bad, they are spectacularly bad. Replacing Javi Gailan with Manu Sanchez is a really good piece of business, as was adding Jonathan Bamba from Lille. The likes of Carlos Perez and Fran Beltran and Unai Nunez, that sums up the depth of this team. They seem to have the league of professionals at most positions. But their fortunes this season do seem like, for all of the stability in that roster, everything hinges on the futures of Iago Aspas and Gabri Veiga. Aspas just turned 36, but he still led the team last season with 12 goals. Can Jorgen Strand Larsen be less of an understudy this season? And Viga had 11, the only two not only with double-digit goals, but the only two with more than five. I can't believe I got this far talking about Celta without mentioning Rafa Benitez, by the way. Money talks, but if his return to managing can start with convincing the 21-year-old Viga to stick around for one more season and at least replicate what he did last season, his eventual, maybe even January, move to Madrid or the EPL will be for even more money. And if he can keep the club that made him up in the meantime all the better. Cadith, going against my preseason prediction, Cadith, at least on the final match day, finished 14th and survived for the second season in a row. I got burnt once, but I didn't learn my lesson. Cadith defend well, enough at home to stay up, and Sergio does get the best out of his unit. My issue is that this squad just doesn't look like it has enough talent for me. Adding Darwin Machis from relegated Real Valladolid isn't the same as adding the Darwin Machis who played for Granada prior to them going down. But if he can recover his best form, Cadiz has a chance. Gonzalo Escalante adds even more stability to that hardworking midfield unit, but if Cadiz are to stay up, their season will again rest in the hands of goalkeeper Jaramaz Ledesma. He saved the team in yellow on many occasions, and as Elche's Edgar Badia taught us last season, even goalkeeper excellence is hard to save you for multiple seasons in a row. Hadafe, sticking with that final match day survival theme, Hadafe played an entirely lackluster 0-0 with Real Valladolid to keep themselves up and send their opponent down. But that summed up their chances last season, and probably sums up their chances again. Or maybe not. They didn't really add any talent, swapping out Munir for Choco Lozano, Barca be anyone. But in April, the biggest move is already made, bring Jose Bordalas back into the fold. Just because I don't look forward to watching the style of hard-tackling, rough, and tumbling football doesn't mean that Bordelas can't help his team snag enough points to stay up. Valencia. 
Oh, Valencia. My heart hurts for Valencia. When I think about watching Liga before the season starts, Valencia has been on that list as long as I've been watching, since they haven't seen the second division since 1987. But in the last decade, they have gone from having debt, being bought by Peter Lim to get out of their debt, but back into debt through mismanagement and a multi-year disaster that probably doesn't get enough credit for how much of a disaster it is, because all the buzz usually concerning the international and national media is about Barcelona being so chaotic. In are Jank, Oscar and Pepe Lu, two players that may not have even started on last year's team. Gone are, and let me take a breath first, Yunus Musa, Edinson Cavani, Tony Lato, and no continuation with any of the loans of Samuel Lino, Justin Kluivert, Nico Gonzalez, and Iras Moriba. Jose Gaia, Georgi Marmadasvili, and Andre Almeida are all still around, arguably the three best players that Valencia has and had last season. And youngsters Xavi Guerra and Diego Lopez, Diego Lopez, that of former Barcelona and Real Madrid's academies, could be the best case scenario versions of themselves. 20-year-old Guerra in particular, if he's a starter from day one, maybe Ruben Braja can squeeze enough out of his team to survive. But if it wasn't last year, this year really should be the year for Valencia to go down. Almeria, now for the last team that survived on the final match day last season. Almeria didn't necessarily feel like or look like a relegation team for much of the season, but those poor results did add up. Barca may be happy that Ford Elbilatore has gone to Atalanta, but I like that Almeria went out and immediately reinforced with Edgar Gonzalez from Real Betis and the Colombian Luis Suarez, returning to Spain permanently after playing with Almeria on loan from Marseille in January. Dion Lopi, a 21-year-old defensive midfielder who played in France last season, could be a good piece of business. And it sums up Almeria's chances in the top division. They take chances by overpaying on projects, but if those projects pan out, like it did with Torre last season, Almeria can both sell well and stay up, but get it wrong and go down. Granada. For the final three, we head to last year's Segunda division, and we finally get to our last team from the Andalusia region. The winners of the second division, Granada, have Paco Lopez at the helm which means they could be 8th in January or 8 points off of 17th. This team is just full of professionals who feel right at home in the top flight, though. And that's what I like most about Granada, especially that front line. Antonio Puertes, Alberto Soro, Alberto Perea, Sean Weissman, Jose Callejon, Oscar Melendo. None of those names excite, but they have a track record. Adding Gerard Gumbau, Gonzalo Villar, and Jesus Vallejo were moves to address needs in making the move back to the first division. I know Paco Lopez is a wild card, but I'd lean to Granada being closer to 10th than 20th by the end of the season. On to Las Palmas. High on the list of much-watched teams this season will of course be Las Palmas, who finished second in the Segunda Division last season. So many names that Kules will know. Munir, Sandra Ramirez, Mark Cardona. It's a Barca B reunion up top. And Julian Araujo is there on loan and should be the starter from day one ahead of Avaro Lemos. Then you get the players who have been linked to Barca in the past, including left-back Daly Sinkraven, back when he was a teenage midfield prospect for IXU old heads, now he's a 28-year-old left-back, and of course the mercurial 19-year-old Alberto Morello, whose price tag and release clause is the only reason he wasn't at Barca a year ago. Alongside Morello, Jonathan Vieira is a pro, and Enzo Loidice could be the talk of the Liga circles very quickly. Get on the Enzo train now. But the man in charge, Francisco Javier Garcia Pimienta, is the most important piece of the puzzle. Many Kool-Aids, including socios around the club, not just the internet pundits, wanted him to take the first team job when Kuman could have been sacked and Xavi still wasn't ready to come over. So seeing him in a top division would do much more for his reputation than anything that's come before. Pundits who don't care much about Barcelona connections have them in the relegation fight. 
So I don't know if it's my bias that's getting the best of me, thinking they should finish between 12 and 16. But even then, I think it might be a comfortable 16. Alaves, last but not least, Alaves won the playoff against Levante, finishing fourth. The loans they pulled in are all pretty interesting. Antonio Blanco is a permanent transfer, and the last season on loan defensive midfielder from Real Madrid, well, that's a big name. Well, I guess a biggest name. But Ana Gravera from Real Sociedad and Giuliano Simeone from Atletico Madrid could be useful too, though Simeone is going to miss some time with an injury. Luis Rioja needs to be the star man on the left. But for as complimentary of Alaves as I just was, there does seem to be more drop-off in this side in terms of talent. They feel like a team with a few of the Liga pieces, and the rest will be up to Luis Garcia to help shape a team that will need to be built to survive. So I guess the last thing to do before I go is hit you with those Liga predictions. Even before Thibaut Courtois went down, I still thought Barca had it, but obviously assuming that it would be closer than we thought. But I could actually see the top six still all pretty close until like January, whoever that may be. And Atleti could get it down to the wire as well. As for relegation, I mentioned some of the candidates, and I think it is a six-team race to the bottom, with Alaves, Almeria, Cadiz, Hadafe, Rayo, and Valencia. As much as I feel like it makes sense to punish both Rayo and Valencia for their ownership issues, I'm going Alaves, Cadiz, and Rayo to go down. Some way, somehow, Valencia will use 30-plus years of top-flight experience to hold on yet again for maybe just one more year. All right, so that'll do it. I really hope you enjoyed this year's Liga preview. They are kind of fun to do. It really helped to get me excited for the season, even if I learned that a large majority of my listeners and viewers actually only care about Barcelona. But I know if you're still here, you care a little bit about the opponent at least, even when it's not Man City or Bayern Munich. So as you get the season started, you know the drill. Follow me anywhere and everywhere so you don't miss anything. And as always, until next time, we're Sabarsa. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.